podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. What do you call a cow with no legs? Ground beef. No. <laughs> nice and simple today. Short, yeah, snappy. Like cow themed. We haven't had a cow themed joke for a while. I think ever, maybe. Potentially Day. ever. Potentially, potentially new ground on the podcast. Oh, yeah. ground. No, I see what you've done there. <laughs> this guy. He's celebrating. He's so proud of himself. <laughs> this guy right here. We've definitely had beef on the podcast, haven't we? Plenty of beef. Oh, yeah. Lots of beef. Too much beef. Beef. We need the. We do need to get that sound that sound sorted out. I feel like you're. I feel like you're winding up to tell me something bad here. Yeah. Oh dear. This could be a long time. It's not going to be good. It's not going to be. Hit me. Hit me. Go on. Hit me with it. Three. Three. Oh. Yeah. Wow. That's. That's even less than the legs a cow has. That's the. That's on point. Didn't have any of his four legs. He's doing three. I think, and I don't like saying things like this to you, Nate, because I know it's going to probably hurt your feelings, and I don't like to hurt your feelings. But that might be the worst joke you've ever told on the podcast. Wow. (laughs) That nearly did hurt my feelings. Luckily, it did, because I think I've definitely told worse. But, wow. I mean, you've set the bar so high, and I feel like that was just nowhere. That was nowhere near the, the, um, the impressive level that you've got to of late. Wow. I'm pretty sad now. Lawrence. Yeah, oh. that's what a what a bummer to start the podcast on. Welcome to the Paddock, a podcast featuring stories following Formula One around the world. I'm Lawrence Bretto, senior writer at F1.com, and I'm Chris Medland, and I'm sad. F1 correspondent at Racer. And I'm Nate Saunders, and I'm sadder from ESPN. <laughs> oh, Nate, I'm really sorry. No, I'm no, really no. Sorry. I mean, don't worry but about it. But I know you value my honesty. and um... I used to. <laughs> <laughs> and now not so much. It's, it, I've reversed, I've flipped around my favourite traits of yours, Lawrence. It's now my least favourite of your traits. Uh, <laughs> it's gone from top to bottom. Well, the good news is it's only going to get better. That's well, hopefully. I do have a great one signed up for uh, like for testing, which is going to be great. I'm going to look, I'm yeah. Should I try and cheer you up, Nate, with uh, with some reviews? Please, like, Medus. It's going to be difficult because Lawrence has bitterly wounded me. That's <laughs> oh, okay. With, with that comment, with that rating, this will cheer you up. Uh, we've got a, a, a review here from Reckless Pez uh, on Apple Podcasts from the UK. Uh, one star. Uh, and... <laughs> And it says, one time listener, uh, heard about this podcast from another podcast, so I thought I'd give it a listen. Wasn't that impressed after the first 10 minutes with the, in quotes, friendly banter? We are friends, Reckless we Pez. We are friends. And our banter sucks, but it is our friendly banter. Anyway, uh, the final straw, though, was when Nate told us the Braun story of how they found performance in testing when they put the front wing the wrong way around. After that, I stopped listening. Um, so, Nate, there you go. There's your picture. Wow. Up. What? But I told him a true story about Formula One and he didn't want to listen to it. He sounds like the problem. This guy sounds there's, like the problem. There's a mere culpa here where I feel like Reckless Pez believes that that's completely false, that story. And it was slightly mistold, it turns out, because I went and found the article uh, that Nate was referencing from the ESPN F1 website <laughs> about the untold stories of Braun GP. And Reckless Pez 
shame you're a one-time listener because if you're a two-time listener you if you didn't know this you would now know this story uh but rob chant the trackside electronics uh engineer uh, said in direct quotes to espn uh at one race, the front wing was even assembled incorrectly. The flaps on the wing were made of a load of bits, and they turned up in kit form, and one said left side, and one said right side. And then as you walk up to the front wing, obviously you'd put the left side bits on the left side and the right on the right. But as you're looking at it face on, it's actually the right side on your left. But the guy doing it only made a mistake on one wing, so one car was as it should be, as it was designed, and the other had the parts on the opposite way round. So there. Uh, and so it, was, it, it was in down, Barcelona. Opposite sides, yeah. Okay, so yep. I was paraphrasing, and clearly I should have known that people didn't know the story off the top of their heads. But, also, uh, I, and I, I thought, yeah, because it wouldn't make it any better. Like, like Nate's got that wrong too. No, no, no. Andrew Shovelin, Jensen Button's race engineer, then says, that front wing mistake was on Rubens's car in Barcelona on Saturday morning. It was the flaps that had been put on back to front that gave a lot more front-end aerodynamic performance. Yep. There it wasn't go. better overall because you had an awful lot of front end grip and it unbalanced the car, but there were a few of those incidents. <laughs> Damn so, it. I, mean, so I kind of got a lot of it wrong. You were, the, well, no, the I, theory was the right one. Generally, you were right. You're right. It wasn't the whole wing on the wrong way around. But I feel like there's actually <laughs> like I I read that and I was like, wow, yeah, I didn't actually know that. So well, there you go. Even more reason to go check out the article. Not only do you find out new information. But you also get to find out how how wrong Nate is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that too. You know, but, what better reason? But it gets better, Nate. Don't worry, because America's well, here to save you. First one from Hooberjoop1 uh, says, F1 chap worth sticking around for and five stars. Yeah. Uh, come for the jokes. Stay for the behind the scenes stories. I was going to say incorrect. Even if they're completely they wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, fun, lighthearted chat with great stories from interesting journalists and stories. Looking forward to hearing this during the season. Thank you, Hooberjoop1. Uh, and you've also been saved by a five-star review from uh, Will H seventy-seven, also from the US, who titled it "Formula One and some other stuff and things," which I think is a really good way. Of I think that's describing really the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what to say about Padhock? Love Padhock and Gasly for sure. Without <laughs> doubt, one of the best motorsport pods. There are very few in this league. Their chemistry makes it a joy to listen to. They have a laugh while also keeping listeners up to date on happenings in the world of F one. Great content. Solid nine point five. Will H77, where's the 0.5? Tell us. Was that the nine, was that 9.5 stars out of, ten, out of five? Because that's pretty damn impressive. <laughs> that could be an all-time high Stop. review. <laughs> Stop getting it wrong, Nate. Stop getting it wrong again. Goodness sake. Only five Nate, stars out of five. You can't get nine and a half out well, just If Lawrence hadn't wounded me so the episode. Actually, to be fair, I can't blame last week on that, can I? I just I'm slightly um, worried, Nate, that we're going to have to start fact-checking everything you say. Oh, don't please don't do that. That would literally <laughs> kill my career. So, or any of us. <laughs> that would kill me off. I think. Uh, no, I, I mean just... to be fair, I was I was I was paraphrasing an article off the cuff that I hadn't read for about a year. So, you know, I, that's my genuinely defense. I learned something from it. I um I was unaware when you were telling the story. I was like, is that right? And when I saw this review, I was like, yeah, we're gonna have to say that's totally wrong. So I looked it up, and actually, you were more right than wrong. So. Nate wins Good. in my well, book. I'll, I'll take it. Fifty-one yeah. percent fact is a fact. Yeah, that's, that's uh, Beretta. Which say. side of the of the fact are you coming down on? Does Nate oh. win or does Reckless Pez win? Uh, Nate wins. I can't. Yes. I can't. I can't harm Nate twice. <laughs> take that, Reckless Pez. Seven minutes. <laughs> um, oh, but Reckless Pez isn't listening. So yeah, hopefully Reckless Pez is a two-time listener. And even if Reckless Pez hates all of this chat, uh, at least you heard 
what the origins of the story was. And finally, it's not a review. It was a Twitter reply that I had to like just now because I went through our replies just to see if there was any reviews on Twitter. And I tweeted a picture of us recording at McLaren last week and just put, what's going on here? And we got a reply from Timo74, who just replied with the ugly show, question mark. Oh, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> we've been hammered this week chaps absolute brutality no you're having a really bad week aren't you god yeah this this is my least favorite episode ever yeah and that was all of us but i mean i was in that picture that was 33 percent about me uh i think it's so 96 percent about barretto's and that that other review was about 50 percent about me so if you add all that up it's been like 188 (laughs) percent insults on me so (laughs) hurt on me that's a lot of percent that's more than 100. That's more than the percent that you can actually have. I need that little ding sound to go, there's our podcast title. Yeah. <laughs> 180%. <laughs> well, I'll find out whatever it was yeah. you just said. I think it was 183. Well, anyway, you're, everyone will be listening to that episode, so we don't need to tell them what it is. Right? True that. True. Uh, Barreto, save us with an actual story about Formula One. How was... Actually, let's be honest. For more hate for Nate and I, we've not gone anywhere the last two days. Mr. No. Barreto, he's been... At the coalface. Well, I, I had a great story about, you know, so when Williams did their shakedown the other day, they put the entire car on the wrong way round. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody noticed until it was out on track. And Alex Albon was like, this is driving a bit funny. And they're like, no, Alex, <laughs> it's quicker. <laughs> so there you go. Anyway, Lawrence. Fact. You, my friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 51% fact, because Alex Albon was there. <laughs> so, <laughs> so over to you, Lawrence, with some more facts. Potentially, <laughs> potentially more more concrete facts than that. I hate that they're on the upper scale um, of truth. Yeah. <laughs> I upper scale of truth. <laughs> I've lost the plot already. Well, yes, Chris, that is indeed true. I have had to be working yesterday and today, uh, which meant, A, we couldn't play golf, um, which Chris has kindly forgiven me for. But I did end up talking golf with Alex Albon on the Instagram Live that I did because Lando Norris, because he wasn't busy preparing for this season, had time to watch a Formula One Live, Instagram Live, with Alex Albon and myself. And it was just them two giving themselves grief. Apparently, Alex was the last one to beat Lando when they played golf. Which means, by default, Chris, does that mean you're better at golf than Lando and Alex Album? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. That's how it works in sport. But I was down at Silverstone yesterday, uh, rainy Silverstone, for the Williams Shakedown, but primarily just to interview Yoast, Alex and Nicholas uh, for the Formula One video channels. And I've got to say that they were all in tremendous mood. Um, I think there's some real buoyancy. There's some real optimism around Williams at the minute. Um, that's obviously before they've driven the car at, at, in anger on a racetrack. But um, I think there is a general feeling that they might have some pretty cool solutions this year um, for the new rules. I've got to say, I didn't expect buoyancy to be on any of the cars. So <laughs> am I right? Could I get an amen from anyone? No. Amen. No. no. Sorry, Lawrence, you were in the middle of doing some very normal journalism <laughs> and serious reviews. That's say. okay. That's what we've got you here for, Nate, to chip in with those kind of additions. <laughs> that's, that's literally it. Um, sorry, anyway. Buoyancy, happiness, joy. Yeah, general happiness. Um, I don't know if that transferred to the track, but let's wait and see. But what I wanted to say was 
Alex Albon was giddy with excitement about getting back into a race seat this year. Like he, I have never seen him this excited about the prospects um, of the season ahead. Um, he was very chatty. Um, he had his medical yesterday, is in tip-top shape. Sorry, the day before the launch. Um, is in tip-top shape. And I genuinely think that his experience is going to help that team, um, providing they give him a good car. I think they're going to take it forward. For Nicky, I managed to talk to him for 14 minutes on camera. Um, and he, the thing that I was surprised about most is that he was able to put behind everything that happened to him over Christmas and, oh no, Meadows wants to say something. Well, you said you, you spoke to him for 14 minutes, but do you mean he spoke at you for 14 minutes? Because what I love about Latifi is he gives really good, long, detailed, fast paced answers. Yes, he does. Transcribing his answers the other day was actually quite tricky because he speaks like he's good answers, like you said, but I was like, geez, this guy is motoring through this. Hang on, but don't you have 140 word per minute uh, shorthand, Nate? Um, let's not talk about that. Let's have... <laughs> 51% fact. <Yeah. laughs> I've got, uh, no, I've you're got... right. You're right. Nikki Latifi was talking at me. I just asked the questions, Meadows. No one's here for me, do they? Apart from on this podcast, where I make people listen to me. Where? <laughs> Debatable now. Oh, <laughs> Nate, you'll forgive me. I know you'll forgive me. Three out of ten. Yeah, probably, I'll probably, by the end of the episode, mate, I'll, I can't even remember what I'm angry about. It was something to do with... Oh, let's move on. Anyway, oh. so let's get back to my yeah, Williams. Braun, story. I think. Something to do with um, so Yeah, that's it, it. Lawrence told a fake story about Braun. And he no, that it. definitely was No, you're not, you're not p- passing the buck to me, mate. Oh, no, no, no. the Braun, was... not, not the buck. Uh... The Braun. <laughs> God, I'm sorry. I am in really bad form today. I apologise to everyone listening. Uh... <laughs> Do you apologise, Nate, or is this just standard, Nate? I, I just did, and I'd like to retract my apology <laughs> and say that I don't apologise for anything, ever. Oh, one thing I wanted to pick up with you, Nate, on Twitter, you said that the Williams livery I, yeah, was you your favourite ever you livery, called... right? <laughs> of course well, I said I'm it was my favourite livery of the, of, the, of the... I was like, this might be my favourite. And then yeah, I realised said... that... So we were, <laughs> we were together at McLaren, and you said exactly the same thing. Then on the day of the Aston, the day before, you said it was the best thing. I mean, where is it going to stop? I just like these cars. They just, they just keep on one-upping themselves. And to be honest, since I've made that tweet, I then looked at the Aston again. I was like, that is pretty nice, isn't it? So I just don't know. I just like all of them equally. But I like the, I the, think... next, one, the next one is always going to be my favourite. <laughs> so the next one is Ferrari. Well, we can Ooh. get your reaction to that now, Lawrence, because it was leaked I saw a great tweet from Ben Hunt. It was like, I hope Ferrari aren't going to be making taps anytime soon because they can't stop all the leaks. Hey, um, that's good. Why didn't you start it, with that? No, well, you've got a better score. That would have been topical. <laughs> that would have been topical. Yeah, you've missed out big time there. Yeah, but most people wouldn't have known about the leaks, is what I was thinking. And also, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Lawrence, it should be in your inbox now. Right, okay. So, this so is live I reaction. Have... To the Ferrari yeah. that isn't out yet, but it's been leaked. So I've been at end stage today, which I'll tell you about. Oh, look at that. It looks like a toy car. It does. <laughs> Do you reckon but, that's actually it? Do you genuinely think that's it? Oh, it's on a stage. I, it probably yeah. is it, isn't it? Yeah, it looks like it. It's the one that's detailed. on the stage is the leak. The one that's like a white background that's going around is looks like a fake. There's one with a white background with Bonotto standing next to it. Don't think that's legit. This one's this quite one's boxy. Real. The side pod's quite boxy, isn't it? Mm. A little. It's quite sculpted, though. Look, and there's all the cooling louvres. I like them. They look cool on yeah. the cars, don't they? I'm really refusing like. to call them that. They are cheese graters, and I wouldn't <laughs> hear 
any other I, I like you don't grate your cheese on that what are you talking about they could do it's Italian uh, oh you want like slices they have like the uh, parmigiano parmigiano Sorry, I forgot you're part Italian, mate. Sorry. Well, come on, let's not forget. 51% Italian. Yeah. I'm in the upper tier. I'm a upper tier Ferrari. Sorry, Ferrari? Italian. So is this your new favourite livery then, Nate, to continue the trend? Well, it's not not officially out yet, but yeah, maybe. Tomorrow I'll probably say that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, for for people that haven't seen it, don't go looking for it. That's hard. I can't believe I can't believe they picked fluorescent pink for the for the colour. You know, I think that's nuts. (laughs) Five Five wheels. I mean, come on, guys. What are they thinking? Especially as one's in the air. One's not even on the floor. Just on top of the. There air are five wheels on it, you know. There actually there's, are five wheels. No, there's not. Oh. That's a fact. There's five wheels. The there's steering not. wheel, Nate. The steering oh. wheel. Oh, that wheel. <laughs> God damn, you guys. Right, You're let, the third wheel on this. Meadows would have scored higher for that as well. <laughs> I mean, mate, you're having a really bad episode, aren't you? To be honest with you, this has been this this has got worse as it's gone on. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Uh, I thought the three was going to be the low point, but actually, I wish I could go back to the three and just start from there because that was that was a high point in the episode for me. So anyway, i i jumped a- I jumped ahead of our run plan, guys. I'm sorry. That's Lawrence okay. Going to talk about the run M-Stone. plan is just guidance, um, and obviously the reason why I didn't get to see the Ferrari today is because I've not looked at my phone um, because I've been at Endstone today to speak to Fernando Alonso, which is very nice. exciting. It was. Um, it will be embargoed until uh, the launch on Monday, so we can have a little bit of a chat about the new car um, and what he so thought, you know. know what he thoughts about it. So I know a little bit, yeah. Have you seen it? No, I've not seen it. They won't show me. You, I want to see. I wanted, see what the, I wanted to see what the livery was because I'm convinced there's going to be lots of pink on it, but I don't know. So how can you talk to him about the new car without knowing what the new car looks like? Because you can ask him questions about the new car, can't you? And then he will tell you, he will give you answers. But I can't obviously reveal those answers because it's all under embargo. Which way round did they put the wing on? <laughs> so hopefully it's the right way round. <laughs> but now what they is will right? be hoping. Is that right front on or looking Because uh... that's, that, that, you know, is, is what happens when It's the car... crux of the issue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I can't really tell you a lot. Well, I can't tell you anything really about what happened today, other than I went there and Fernando was there. Um, he's been at the factory a couple of days. Um, he's been in the sim, but I can't really tell you anything that he told me because it's all under embargo, chaps. Sorry, oh, this Thanks, is great Britain. content. <laughs> yeah, that's a three out of ten segment. That is. that was yeah, that was four. But it's reason to look across the Formula One channels on Monday to listen to this interview. Fine, what a plug. That was a yeah. plug that doesn't have a leak to it. Hang on, hang on, Nate. You don't get to score your jokes, mate. Yeah, that that's was, my I, job. I can, I can see some flaws with that idea if I did start writing my own jokes. I think there'd be a slippery slope. Slippery slope downhill. Can there be a slippery slope uphill? I can't, can there? That's no. me being dumb. No, it but it could be. You wouldn't go uphill though, you'd go downhill. Right? <sighs> <laughs> How anyway, about another plug? Well, this is going to be a plug, Meadows. This is going to be an ad because we've become Ooh. corporate sellouts here at the Pad Hog and we have an advert for you. But it's an advert that I like, so I think you guys will too, maybe. Uh, <laughs> you've all heard of a little place called Goodwood. Meadows, I think you just ran a race there, right? Did five laps of Goodwood. I, did. Knew you I ran did. around Goodwood. Well, let me tell you someone else who completed laps there on a little date called 11th of August, 1960. A driver by the name of Sir Sterling Moss. 
you might have heard of him. <laughs> Lawrence, you heard of that guy? <laughs> I have heard of this guy. But what is making me think of all the stories you've told by reading off Wikipedia in the past, and I'm not sure where this is going. Well, it's going to be better than the story I told last week. <laughs> I can tell you that. <laughs> so everybody knows Sterling Moss, like one of the greatest drivers of all time. The F1 wins, the fact that he clearly should have won a championship. It's insane that he didn't. Mille Miglia, obviously, which is probably his most famous race win. But he also, on that date I just mentioned, 11th August 1960, he won at Goodwood. He won the Tourist Trophy, the TT, which obviously is a hugely prestigious race if you're a car aficionado, if you love racing. He won the Ferrari 250 GT. And that car, for people that love that race, has become really famous. The chassis, which people get obsessed about. I mean, you've been to these events where people literally can know a list of numbers and they're like, this guy raced in this car here and he won this race. Well, Moss in that race raced in the chassis which is number 2119 GT. And people still talk about that car. It's a lot like the car he won the Mille Miglia in. People love that car. You can now wear that car on your wrist. Not the whole car, because <laughs> that would break your wrist. I mean, have you ever tried wearing a car on your wrist? I haven't. It sounds ridiculous. <laughs> but, you can, but you can wear a version of that car on your wrist by watchmakers on Legato, who make great motorsport watches. And they're our friends. And I've just got to tell you, before this podcast started, I spent about... 20 minutes on their website, looking through all these watches, and there's the Sterling Moss one I've just mentioned. It's watches made by race fans, for race fans. It's absolutely incredible. Um, I got to hang out with the founder of Omologato in Daytona, uh, which me and I have talked about before. Amazing guy, loves his racing. So yeah, so next time someone says, what's the time? You should say, it's time you got a watch at Omologato. And then you should probably <laughs> tell them the time, because you know that's what they asked for. But, um, <laughs> they they yeah. hate you. Wow, uh, I, now that is a that's a proper like plug, but genuinely as well. I I've well I was bought by my much better half uh, that exact watch or one of them, um, and I'm wearing it on my wrist right now. This is genuinely this isn't like a just an ad. This is like a um, like endorsement. It's why we're doing oh, cool. it because I think I think the key to an ad is doing an ad where you actually have the product or one of you has the product, and the watches look incredible. Just go check them out. Go see if you want one. Show off to all your friends and be like, I'm wearing a Sterling Moss car on my wrist. And they'll be like, what? <laughs> and you can tell them the story I just told you. Or another car or a racetrack or something. Uh, Omologatowatches.com is where you can see them. So go do that. Go check it out. Plus, that means we don't, you know, we can keep doing podcasts. You know, if, uh, if, you'll, <laughs> if you'll flock there now, not right now, keep listening to us. But if you'll flock there eventually, then we can keep doing free podcasts. Woohoo. Um, so, yeah. Like genuinely, that's um, that's that's a proper plug. But Nate, I I, I can't I can't recall uh, if that if which race was that was that before or after the uh, first Grand Prix that you were at was that was probably after it, right? The first Grand Prix I was at, as I mentioned a few weeks ago, was the nineteen ninety six French Grand Prix, which no. was <laughs> famous for being the first motor race ever. Second yeah. race I was at was probably the twenty fifteen Spanish Grand Prix. As, <laughs> as a journalist, <laughs> it was a bit of a wait, but um, you know I had other things to do in that time. You're so um, old. I know, right? Well, I've, I've aged gracefully. That's why. That's why I looked so bad in that picture, right? That that guy, because I'm like yeah. two hundred years old. That's my excuse. Fifty one percent fact. <laughs> the best amount of fact, if you ask me. <laughs> but yeah, that that is it's a really cool watch, um, and it's Ferrari based, and. I know we have spoken of the leak, but I'm pretty hyped to make sure that that is the exact Ferrari and see the Ferrari tomorrow. I think there's a lot of expectations around Ferrari, as there always is, but this feels like a big opportunity for them to kind of get back to the front. 
And I feel like I'm I'm actually more worried about than excited with Ferrari because I think if they've messed this up, like it could take them a while to recover. You know, if they're a long way behind, and I just can't I can't deal with another like regulation change where Ferrari aren't the winning the winning car. I just it it just it doesn't sit right with me as someone who grew up as a Schumacher fan. So let's hope they're at least in the mix, right? What do you guys think? What are you guys thinking from what we've heard so far? There, I think the, the overalls look like two guys working at McDonald's, but we can talk about that later. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm hoping that isn't like a sign of things to come. They're like, we'll just phone this year in, just put big squares on the logo. Actually, I'm gonna have a quick rant if that's okay. Oh, no, whoever works at Shell, stop telling Ferrari to put your logo on a square black background. It doesn't look right, it looks like someone hide <laughs> it on. Stop it, anyway. Please continue. <laughs> that's the kind of feedback i know that they are hoping for nate so you know what you could have done them a massive favor the shell oil company i hope <laughs> are listening to this and they it's, i hope it sends reverberations around the company they're like you know what it's time we do change wholesale wholesale, wholesale changes i like how passionately you feel about it it just look, it just looks ridiculous i can't i can't believe someone did it a company of grown human being did that anyway, <laughs> anyway other than that Carl looks all right, does it? <laughs> Carl looks decent. Guys, what are your thoughts? I'm with you. I think it's slightly nervy for Ferrari because they they went... 2020 was so bad. It's so easy to forget, actually, how recent that was. And 21, it felt positive because of where they came from, but they were still actually a long way off the front, too. And they should be up there. They should be fighting with Mercedes and Red Bull. So I really want them to be. Formula One is better for it when Ferrari are, are fighting at the front. I mean, Formula One will be better for more teams at the front regardless. But uh, yeah, fingers crossed that Ferrari can keep going on the right trajectory. But like you say, it's only based on like the, the positive momentum is just one year's worth from a very bad place. So actually, I'm not all that confident they will go in the right direction. So um, you've convinced me, Nate. You've charmed me. Uh, <laughs> and I am I am nervous too for Ferrari. I don't know on about Bretto, he's Ferrari. Ferrari. I think Barreto's certain that they're going to win. I am not nervous at all. I Ooh. I think they're going to have a great year. I think this is their moment, and I'm not going to right. I'm not going to worry one bit. I I, I know I, I get that you guys are are hopeful that they have a good year, but I don't. I'm just not worried. I just don't think they're going to screw it up. There's Lawrence, just something just, we've been hurt like... before, Lawrence. <laughs> you know, I mean, by you on this podcast for, for one bit, <laughs> today, by other people, yeah, like right now. But by Ferrari specifically, I feel like until I see them like literally at the top of the timesheets for a significant amount of time, I don't buy it. I don't that's think not hating, that's not me hating on them. But I also think a good year though doesn't necessarily mean they're challenging for the championship because I also don't no, think they're going to do that either. I just think correct. that they're going to be up closer towards Mercedes and Red Bull. Oh, we race with Pirelli. We race with Pirelli's mate. Not good years. Uh... You're so desperate to make that joke, Wendy. <laughs> I just, I've just realised this is a bad episode for me. So I'm going to stop scoring you for your own sanity. Okay. Whoa, hang on. <laughs> the, the, the sanctity of the pod hinges on your reviews, my friend. Don't do that to us. No, I mean I'm going to stop scoring you through this episode because it's, it's just going to hurt you more. Oh, I see. Oh yeah, I mean okay, that's, that's actually fair. Um, here's a question. Here's a question for you, Lawrence. I know you're, I know you're a big fan of of, of Carlos. I know you're a big fan of Charles. If they are the team to beat this year. Who would you back to win the championship or to, to, to be the stronger of the two over a season? Because Carlos beat Charles last year, which I think kind of, in all the madness of Abu Dhabi, 
has kind of gone under the radar. I know Leclerc had stuff like Monaco and stuff like that, but people thought Charles was just going to like wipe the floor with Carlos. And I think that finally now people have realized like Carlos is actually probably like on that verge of being like a top tier driver, in my opinion, anyway. So Ferrari, if that is the case, have this insanely good driver lineup. Which of the two do you think wins in that situation? I think Carlos will. I think, I think that, yeah, I do think that he's been overlooked. And you just said it, that I don't think yeah. many people noticed last year. <clears throat> that how No, it's, it's, it's one of the had. craziest underrated storylines of the year. But he was, I mean, he, he kind of started a bit slowly, but then all the guys that switched teams. But he was new, did. right? Yeah, and he so was the quickest guy out of those new guys that switched. Like Ricardo, it took him half the year. But mm-hmm. science, it took him maybe you know, a handful of races. And then he was right up there. So I think it's really interesting that you said science over Leclerc because I feel like Leclerc is still seen as, maybe from the outside, is still seen as like the golden boy for Ferrari. Um, yeah, I, think, be, I, I mean, still think Charles is going to be, I still think they, I think they both can be up there towards the top of the, if they get a car, they can be up there for years and years and years to come. But I just think that Carlos is slightly more rounded. So overall his performance gauge will just be slightly higher than Charles. I think Charles will probably have more peaks, but I mm. think Carlos will have that consistency like he had last year. If I know we could say always this, but that Monaco race weekend could have been great for both of them, couldn't it? Because if Carlos hadn't screwed up in qualifying, yeah, that's he true. could have won that race. If Charles didn't have the problem, he could have won that race. And that could have defined how that relationship went on. I think what's going to be interesting is because they get on so well together, like they genuinely are mates or they become very good mates will be how that evolves should they do start fighting at the front because at the moment they're not really fighting each other are they they're just trying to help the team move up but I do think to answer your question again I just think Carlos is the stronger of the two and I think that if they had a car I think he would he would edge out Charles. that's a huge shout I I, I respect the the ballsiness of that call because I don't think I'd make it I really respect science as well but I don't know maybe it's because Leclerc had the year he did in a winning car Maybe I'm judging Leclerc higher than I'm judging Signs. You know, when Leclerc had that insane year where he got, you know, what was it, five, six pole positions, three wins. Meadows, what do you think? If if I ask you the same question, I, well, firstly, I respect the fact that you respect Brett after he gave you a three out of ten today. I thought that had all gone. <laughs> so some turnaround. Um, I had my fingers crossed under the desk. Don't you worry. About <gasps> I think genuinely, it's it's harder to call now with a new type of car because, like, it sometimes you'll just see drivers that adapts better than others or it suits their style better than others but i actually edge a bit towards barretto's train of thought because i think he's right i think charles has the bigger peaks and like he's been around a little bit now i'd have expected them to be more consistent and fewer dips but he still does have just the odd dip doesn't he or just the odd error um, that he does need to iron out. And maybe he will. And if he does, then I'd back Charles to do it. But yeah. Carlos doesn't seem to have those dips. He has that really solid baseline that he just produces week in, week out, and sometimes then has the standout as well. So, uh, yeah, I think just based on that previous kind of experience and past form and the fact, I guess, that Carlos beat Charles last year, I think I'd just... 51% Carlos, um, <laughs> genuinely. So, yeah, I'm going to just, just edge it to him. But... Um, you're right, they're a hell of a strong lineup. Like it's a great pairing. And I don't even think Ferrari knew what a great pairing they were actually getting. Uh, they obviously had an inkling because they signed Carlos, but I think it went better than they could have expected. Um yeah. so yeah, I think that that's definitely a positive that won't go south regardless of the car. Like the drives are hundred percent sorted for them. Uh hopefully the car's quick enough. 
Yeah. And that's the thing. I just hope that they do get a car so we can hopefully get some answers to that question, like genuine answers, because as good as it was last year to see that car coming up to a point where they could fight for the odd podium. And that podium that Carlos got in Abu Dhabi was like pure performance podium. That wasn't, they, he didn't fluke into that. I think if we can see if they can have a car where they can have to take maybe a little bit more risk every now and then because there's more pressure on to, to nail good results more consistently, then we'll get a better reading of it. But like, they're still so young, right? So we could be talking about this for the next 10, 15 years. That's the thing people forget, like the age of some of these top drivers, a bit like we did last week when we talked about, you know, who's tied into long-term deals and stuff. But you know, Lando tying himself into one. He'll only be 26 when it's over, that sort of stuff. Like, these guys are so young. George, he just turned 24, I think, his birthday the other day. Like, these yeah. guys are so young. Like, oh, they've got so young. properly big chunks of their career ahead of them to develop and learn still. So, yeah, maybe I'm being a bit harsh on Charles, saying, like, I expect him to iron them out. Based on race experience, yes, but on his age, to be fair, he's still got plenty of time to do that. It's interesting with Charles, isn't it? Because he's always been, the, the two of them have had a very different career to this point. Where Charles, like from the, I, I remember the first time someone mentioned Charles Leclerc to me, they were like, "This guy's going to be insane." You know, there was like that from like when he was in junior categories. Everyone was like, "This guy from Monaco, best driver we've seen for a long time." Blah blah blah. And you don't always believe it, but you could kind of tell with Leclerc even before he made F one, like, "Yeah, this guy is pretty pretty damn good." Whereas with science, as we kind of talked about, and like you said, Lawrence, like he, you know, and and like you said, Matt, is people didn't really realize what they were, what Ferrari were getting. Science has almost had the complete opposite, where he, I feel like he drives a lot of the time with a bit of a chip on his shoulder, which we've seen in a lot of sports can be a really, really big asset for people when they're like, well, no one believes I'm as good as I am. So I have to go out and prove it. So I think mentally that's where that might be quite interesting next year. You know, if, if things go against Leclerc early on, how does he deal with that when he's always been like the guy, you know, like Vettel, he was against Vettel, for example, and he kind of had Vettel's number. So will he expect that to be the case again going forward? Um, I'd love to see them both just up in that fight because last year we saw what Max brought out of Lewis. And I wonder what, mm -hmm. Ferrari would bring out of not just Lewis but Max as well you know like does it elevate those two even further if they have Ferrari or if they have Lando and Daniel at McLaren you know pushing or even even Aston you know who knows if they're up there as well but that was one great thing about last year was Lewis raised his game which no one I think ever thought he could so there was a shake of the head there was that Aston good looking car but too... <laughs> <laughs> I think it's not? I think it's too much to expect that they can make that kind of jump with the facility that they've got, because um, they haven't got any of the the wind, they haven't got the wind tunnel up and running yet. They haven't got that new factory. I think they're still working out of essentially what is Eddie Jordan's old factory. I think it's too much to expect too much for them to make a big jump. Nate, sorry, I've kind of derailed your point, but um, no, no, sorry, that's a good I, point I think, to derail I, with. I think they'll have a, I think they'll have a better season because, frankly, they should be doing better than seventh, even with what they've got. But I don't. I think this year it's still top four. I still think we're going to be talking Mercedes, Red Bull, Ferrari, and McLaren. And Agreed. we're going to see one of those on Friday. Yes. Uh, where I think most people are not going to be looking at the car. They're going to be looking at one of the drivers who <laughs> is going to be at the launch, going to be talking to the media, has had some time off. And to be fair, I know he's been uncharacteristically quiet at times on social, but. You could just say, like, if you hadn't had the controversy from Abu Dhabi, you could just say he's just like kept himself to himself during the off season. Like, what's wrong with that? But it's been made a huge story, hasn't it? I've seen certain websites plugging his return on Friday and stuff. Um, but yeah, Lewis is going to be at Silverstone driving the car. I oh, see. I was going to joke that you were talking about Stoffel Van Dorn, and you've earned it. You've revealed that it's Lewis Hamilton. Sorry, mate. Sorry, sorry, mate. sorry boys. 
I suppose that continues uh, the tone, doesn't it, really, of this podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sadly. Constant sadly disappointments um, from you. But yeah, continue. I've got to say, I've never been more excited about a... Uh, well, I'm actually... <laughs> I have been more excited about media sessions, but not for a long time. Have I gone it like... Have I ever thought that a press conference could be this good that Lewis's could be? Because we haven't heard from the guy for two months. So it's literally like all the questions we had on Sunday evening in Abu Dhabi are still relevant to him. You know, no one's heard him speak. You know, he's obviously had his little, you know, his tweets and shared some photo dumps on Instagram. But I'm, I, I think that will not overshadow, but that will be the big story out of the day for most people um, because it's such a big deal. Um, yeah, I think, I think it could be interesting. Imagine Mercedes because they're shaking down the car, so it'll be the real car, or, you know, as close to. Imagine that they release this amazing, like, F1-leading design. Like, they, they, they've they absolutely nailed it. And nobody notices, because they're all just focusing on Lewis. I think this was all a massive ploy. They've really worked hard on this for the last two months. They've been like, Lewis, don't say a word. We want everyone wanting to just focus on you on our launch day, and we'll get away with showing off something that's going to absolutely boss it. No? Maybe no. not. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I am looking forward to it, though. I, I'm, like you say, I'm, I'm really looking forward to hearing what Lewis has to say uh, for just for him being back, because I think, obviously, the sport would have been a poorer place if he didn't come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah, and also really looking forward to seeing the car, because we haven't seen the Red Bull yet. Hopefully, we're going to see a fair bit of the Merc, because they're going to run it. So, and, and I believe they're going to release the images of the car running. So, yeah, we're, we're going to get a real picture of what the one of the two leading teams from the past you know, seven or eight years has done with the new rules, which we haven't had yet. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited to for both sides of that. And obviously for George, like, shouldn't overlook him, but his his first launch as a Mercedes driver and, and his new start. So, um, yeah, that's two, two fun days up ahead, actually, with these launches. I'm really looking forward to seeing both. Yeah, there's so much with Mercedes to talk about. It's gonna. I feel bad for George almost that in a year where in a normal any other year this would be a massive story, and he's just not gonna be that kind of story. Not that it isn't quite impressive what he's doing, but uh, so yeah, I feel bad for him. Or maybe he'll just enjoy the fact that everyone's focusing about Lewis and the car, and he can kind of settle in because I think there's high expectation on him. He smashed it when he was in the car in Bahrain and I imagine everyone's going to think he's probably going to come in and turn here and continue on that path and the reality is it's going to be very difficult for him to do that so I'm intrigued to see how quickly he can get up to speed um, uh, and to hear from him as well but I think I echo what you guys said that Lewis presser uh, is going to be on uh, on Zoom it's going to be incredible isn't it it's just going to be I can't wait to see what mood he's in uh, he would have thought about it presumably for a long time about the kind of things he's going to answer um, it could be great. Well, Lewis is good for that. He, he's good for coming out and clearly thinking out an answer. Sometimes sometimes he gets caught out because he doesn't think through an answer. But you can tell the answers where he's he's sat and he's like, I'm going to get this point across. And there'll sometimes be, there'll be a word or a phrase that he says. And I don't know with Lewis, I don't know if you've ever noticed it, but he'll say it and I'm like, yeah, he, he practiced that last <laughs> night or he, he thought that through. He said it before he had this Zoom call to himself, which is fine. Like I'd do the same thing. But I always find that quite interesting. So I think tomorrow, uh, sorry, um, Friday, whatever whatever day it is that you're listening <laughs> to this, um, I'm I'm sure there'll be some stuff that he's been wanting to say for about six weeks. Well, sorry, well two months even. It's more than two months since Abu Dhabi now. And I don't know, like for me, if I've got stuff I want to get off my chest, sometimes like you'd never say it in a in a coherent way. So he's going to have to really 
articulate what he's saying. And luckily, Lewis is very good at doing that these days. The Lewis of like 2011, I would have been, really, I'd have been worried he was going to have like an absolute horror show of a car, of a press conference, like complete car crash. But he's, uh, he's a lot better now. I think it'd be great if he didn't show up for the Zoom initially, as in he's there, but when they turn the camera on and it's just an empty chair and everyone's like, oh, what? <laughs> Until he sits down. That's the, or it's, I mean, or it's just Bottas and he's like, look, Lewis has quit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Bottas like, sitting, so, sipping an espresso. just like. Yeah. <laughs> and that guy that looks like Bottas from the curling team is at Alpha next year. <laughs> yeah. that, 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 that would be sick. That would, that would be something. Um, oh, that would give us plenty to talk about on the next episode. Yeah, uh, which will be maybe at testing, before testing, after testing. We haven't decided yet because we haven't formalised our travel plans because we're that organised. <laughs> I know, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we will. We will all be there at least. We'll we? all be in Barcelona. Yeah, hopefully, we'll all see how many wings are put on the wrong way around and stuff like that. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be all of them. Like, I'm going to report that from now on. That that's just what happened. I'm like, guys, this morning you'll never guess what happened. Red Bull accidentally put the Merc front nose on, and it's quicker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the front nose, front, rather than the, the back front nose. nose. Yeah, the back. No, I hate the back nose on an F1 car. <laughs> the worst nose, if you ask me, is the back nose. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, nice. Was that uh, did you mean to do yes. that, Meadows? Absolutely. Nice. I never know with you. Sometimes you just luck into it. But uh, all right. Oh. <laughs> Lawrence is Lawrence is uh, savage today. I have been savage, and it's very unlike me. And I better stop now because I don't like doing that. Because I like you guys. I mean, so, and I, don't I think you I mean, enjoyed it secretly. You've enjoyed that, haven't you? Lawrence is grinning like a Cheshire cat here. <laughs> yeah, he's had a lot maybe of we should end. That. Maybe we should end before he just insults more people. Uh, like he just yeah. starts, like starts tearing listeners. into Formula One. All right, yeah, okay. Let's end it. Let's end it. Let's end it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, chats. Well, it's been a pleasure. Um, please say that next time we probably do this, it'll be in person. So look forward to seeing your faces. Uh, ugly faces, according to one of our listeners. I don't think that's the case. Probably no. more than one of our listeners, to be fair, but only one of them vocalised <laughs> on Twitter. We've all got faces for radio, boys. Faces for radio. Remember that. Thanks to everyone who left reviews, positive or negative. We welcome them, don't we, boys? And it, whatever it is, we want to hear from you. Yes, although less of the negative, please. <laughs> it just hurts. It's painful. I hope you don't, I hope you don't cry yourself to sleep tonight, Nate. Huh? I'm already out of it. I'm already out of it. I'm already I'm already dwelling on the sadness. Right. Uh, remember to hit the subscribe button and follow us on our social channels. You can read Nate's work on ESPN.com, Medis's work on racer.com, and my work on F1.com. We will do this again very, very soon. Oh sadness. Podcast Network.